Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in FSU Football. This is your host, Robbie Vagnardi. Today is the Syracuse recap edition of Believe in FSU Football. FSU coming off of a 33-30 to win to finally break into the win column. FSU moves to a still paltry 1-4 and four on the year. Ryan Fitzgerald hit a walk-off 34-yarder as time expired to give the Knowles their first win of the year. Um, close game, hard fought, uh, nice to get a, a win finally, nice to get a conference win as well. Um, Syracuse isn't a great team. They're not overly talented. Um, this is a game that we should have won. Uh, we had opportunities to pull away, but we're never really able to figure it out. Uh, Syracuse quarterback run game, really the improvised quarterback run game, was kind of the story for both teams all game long. Garrett Schrader for Cues and Jordan Travis for the Knowles. Just both those guys found ways to make big plays and then to continue gashing the opposing defense and the run game, and almost none of it was designed. Uh, Jordan Travis and Schrader both had their moments where they kind of just like spun out, went to the backside, and you know, there's nobody there. Uh, neither team did a great job of keeping contain on the quarterbacks and, and giving them room to run. And they both did a good job using their athleticism to take advantage of it. Um, speaking of Jordan Travis running, he went over 100 yards. He had 113. Also was 22 of 32 for 131 yards. Passing um, 22 completions was his career high. He also added two touchdowns and an interception to those totals. The interception was pretty much Cam McDonald's fault. That's just, he's got to make that block. If he so much as touches Deuce Chestnut on that play, then it's not an interception. And, I mean, it's just, yeah, that one was that one was kind of rough to watch. That was a pretty, uh, pretty frustrating play. Travis played fairly well, but like I said, 22 completions and 32 attempts, but only 131 yards, only average 4.1 yards per completion. So just not a ton of downfield or even intermediate passing. It's almost all at the line of scrimmage. Um, we're pretty much depending on the run after catch, yards after catch from uh, receivers, running backs, tight ends, you know, people that we get the ball to. Travis did look to have a good connection with Cam McDonald. Cam had five catches for 41 yards and a touchdown. Um, but we still struggle to get our wide receivers actually involved in the pass game. We have not done that consistently. Trishon Ward also had five catches for 29 yards, but again, five catches, and that's like six yards a catch. So nothing crazy there. We just we don't move the ball a ton through the air. I think we're a little too reliant on the screen game. It allows teams to play up and play aggressive, and we just don't do a good job of giving a lot of different looks and a lot of different, you know, route trees and combinations and, and running different plays. We just, we kind of seem to do the same thing again and again. We really haven't improved much in that facet. You know, you don't see just, you don't see easy completions, you know, little 
find the soft spot in the zone, drag routes, slants, you know, easy comebackers, short out routes, just, you know, little little short dig routes over the middle of the field to get easy completions. You just don't see a lot of those. It's just it's kind of confusing because, you know, you go and you watch other college football teams on Saturday and NFL teams on Sunday, and you see pretty simplistic easy route concepts and designs that are literally just there to give the quarterback some rhythm to get into. And we don't see a lot of that with FSU. We know that our quarterbacks are limited from an arm talent standpoint and that we struggle to throw the ball downfield. And yet we don't seem to incorporate those concepts, just kind of head scratching. The screen game can work when you have other past concepts to build it off of, but when you're only using the screen game as your main form of passing yards, and it allows teams to come up and get aggressive and it doesn't really benefit you as much. That's why we don't see a ton of yards coming off of these screen plays. Like they're essentially just run plays. You know, at that point, if we're just going to get three, four yards on first down, we might as well just run the ball. So, you know, it's going to have the same effect. It's not like we're really doing anything to, to keep the defense off balance. It's a lot of the same concepts, just with different formations. So still kind of uninventive and lackluster um, on offense. Jordan Travis, Sean Corbin, Sean Ward really kind of carried us. Um, Travis more so making things happen with his feet whether it's getting out of pressure and allowing something to happen, creating something out of nothing or, you know, taking off and getting big chunk yardage late in the game. He's shown the ability to do those things really well, but we as an offense have not shown the ability to consistently move the ball from our predetermined play design. So that's still a little unnerving, especially going into a good team like UNC next week. But, we won a game. We're we're still three games under five hundred, though. But we finally won a game. It's you know, there's still plenty of bad to to be discussed, but we'll focus on the win and the fact that Jordan Travis is now the all time leading rusher as a quarterback at Florida State. Um, he's shown the ability time and time again to do that. But like I said, the arm talent's still lacking, and our offense as a whole is climbing, put it that way. We're, we're, we're getting better slowly and hopefully surely. Um, Trayshawn Ward with a 64-yard run, 65-yard run, he only had two carries for 66 yards, and one of them went for 65. So... I don't know why he didn't get the football more. He did have the five catches like I talked about, but get him the ball on handoffs. Like I understand that we're getting the football to him, allowing, allowing, trying to allow him to work in space, but just hand him the ball a little bit more. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that one. Corbin did have 14 carries for 65 yards and a touchdown, so continuing to feed him works out well for us. I expect to see him again get more carries but I like I think Ward and Corbin 
should both be in that 10 to 15 plus carry range, you know, run the ball early, establish the run and, and go up tempo and force defenses to keep up with you. Um, if you're going to, you know, stay with the run game and, and really build it on those two guys, you can, we haven't seen a ton of Lawrence Tofili this year, but he's still a very talented player. Um, same with DJ Williams. Those are guys that you can work in as well, but I just, I think, Going run heavy is going to be our best focus and allowing our pass game, our screen game, play action pass downfield to build off of the run game is our best option. Um, Travis had a lot of completions, but for the closeness of the play design to the line of scrimmage, still kind of low completion percentage relatively. And that's a lot of passes for not a lot of yards. 22 completions for 131 yards is not good. Throwing the football four yards in the air is not good. It's just point blank. Like, those are run plays, more or less. You know, our our running backs average more than that per carry. Ward and Corbin both do. So those are run plays, more or less. Not really doing a ton there and just watching other offenses, other teams play football, that lack of ingenuity and the lack of of different looks on offense is interesting to say the least. Um, Obviously we had the big break with Andrew Parchment's touchdown Fumble recovery for a touchdown it was a good heads-up play by him to grab that ball, turn around and go, find the end zone. Um, that was a huge play. That's just one of those things. The ball literally rolled our way. And, you know, if you're not a very good team, sometimes you need a break like that to to win a game. Just be nice if we could get Parchment involved in the pass game a little bit more. We, we've saw, we saw from him last week. And... Hopefully we'll see it again moving forward, question mark. I don't know. Parchment's shown the ability to be a good receiver. It looks like he has good hands, good ball skills. We've seen the footwork. He has good you know, good speed. He can stretch the defense. I mean, the quarterback play that he had at Kansas when he had over 700 yards was better than what FSU has right now. So the dude is certainly more than capable of being a very effective high-level receiver. It's just a matter of being able to get him the football that's not, you know, three yards in the line of scrimmage. That's pretty much it. Just, you know, sometimes it's a pure talent thing. You know, they, they rant and rave about Travis and about all the improvements he's made, but yet they, they don't showcase it on Saturdays. So if it's all just, you know, talk and hype and it pra- happens on the practice field, then how much does it really matter, you know? We're not doing it on the field and we're not using it to win games. So it's smoke and mirrors more or less. But Corbin and Ward, back to them, they've been really good. 11 touchdowns in their past six games dating back to last season. So that's cool. Those guys are really, really productive. They continue to be really, really productive in terms of racking up yards and finding the end zone. Like I said, those are your two workhorses. I've been saying it all year. We need to run the ball. We need to just live and die by the run game because those two guys are the best players on our offense, straight up. 
Those are the two guys that you build around. Those are the two guys that, you know, let them tilt the rock. Let them go to work. Even with a subpar offensive line, they've shown they can do it. Let them continue to do it. Um, they both kind of have somewhat of a knack for big plays, Corbin especially. You know, we've seen him go for 75 and 91 on the year. You continue to hand him the ball and let him wear people down. I imagine you're going to see more of those big runs. And he was, you know, there was for a while late, later in the game, he just started getting chunk yardage. It was one drive where it was like Corbin went back to back to back for like eight or nine yards at a time. Just we wear people down in the run game all game long. That's hard to keep up with, especially if you can rotate through several really good running backs to keep them fresh. That's that's tough. And they all kind of have different styles to them. Corbin's a little more physical, a little more hard-nosed. Uh, Trayshawn Ward's a guy that still runs in between the tackles, just albeit with a different style. He doesn't go down easily. He's very, very fleet of foot, has great change of direction, very good vision, does a good job finding the hole, making guys miss, and, and getting through small holes to get plus yardage. Don't see Corbin or Ward go backwards a ton. Those are things that you need from a struggling offense that has issues moving the football consistently. FSU also started its the same offensive line combination for the second straight game. Hopefully we can make that three for UNC and start to build a little bit of continuity because, again, that's something that we've struggled with. Um, I like the aggressiveness as well. Or on the first drive, we had two first down, two uh, two fourth down conversions on the first drive, and we were actually six for fifteen on third down throughout the whole game. So that was pretty good. Um, you know those those things are important. Converting on money downs is big. We were six for six in the red zone. Four of four of them were touchdowns. Two of them were field goals. But we scored every time that we hit the red zone. You know, I'll take. You know, two out of three being touchdowns. You're going to have to settle for field goals here and there. This isn't Alabama. We'll take scores where we can get them. And the fact that we went into the red zone and converted every single time is big. Um, it's also the second straight week that we had a missed PAT. So we've seen the glimpses from Fitzgerald in the kicking game. You know, he's hit a 50-plus yarder. He was two for two on field goals against Syracuse, including the game winner. But... You know, the inconsistencies there. It's kind of funny to see a guy miss extra points in consecutive weeks while also hitting a 50-plus yarder and a game winner. Just just kicker things, just special teamer things. I don't even know how else to put it. Speaking of special teamers, our return game has been meh. At best, we haven't really generated much of anything in the return game other than Keyshawn Hilton had like that one punt return a few weeks ago. I remember at this point. But with that said, Alex Mastromano has been really good. Six punts for 268 yards against Syracuse. It's an average of 44.7 and a long of 49. I'm pretty sure the long of 49 is when he was backed up in his own end zone late in the game. So, you know, being able to, to come out and get your longest kick of the day when your team needs it most is huge as well. But being able to flip, flip field position, especially for a struggling team, is something that's going to come up clutch. And even though we didn't turn over the ball a lot this week, finally a little bit of 
little bit of help from the offense to the defense. The one turnover we did had, like the aforementioned interception where Cam McDonald just whiffed on the block. We did a good job only holding or only allowing Syracuse to score three points off of that. So that was big. Um, you know, improvements, small improvements from the defense. The 30 points was a lot. Don't like to see that. But improvements, getting better, winning a football game, big things. Um, some changes on defense as well. Jamie Robinson moved out of that nickel spot to more of a true safety spot. Uh, Kevin Knowles started at the nickel spot. Dennis Briggs is out for the year. Um, going to see probably a lot of Jared Jackson. He started, and I thought he played relatively well. Um, Fabian Lovett had the only sack of the day. Uh, teams have done a better job against Jermaine Johnson the last few weeks after he had those big first couple games. They've given him lots more attention, but uh, I thought Keir Thomas played well. Um, secondary still struggled some. Obviously, there was that massive blown coverage that allowed a Syracuse touchdown, so things like that that we still need to improve. Um, no actual meaningful turnovers. There was the Travis J interception. That's the second time that he's done that where he's had an interception with no time on the clock that didn't actually mean anything. Um, that was actually his only play of the game as well, too. It's kind of funny. Only play you get an interception. But like I said, didn't really mean anything. Uh, turnover margins a little bit uh, skewed by that throughout the year. But again, just... This whole team has been inconsistent in every single phase of the game, whether it's, you know, kicking in special teams or defense or offense. Inconsistency has been the common denominator throughout. Um, we were less penalized this week. That was nice to see. Less penalties, less turnovers, and performance on money downs. And we also ran the ball really well. We ran for 245 yards and Syracuse is only averaging 85 coming into the game. So that's pretty good. They hadn't played much in terms of competition. They're not a super talented roster. But nonetheless, you take your wins and you take your yards where you can get them. Um, I really like the way the team fought throughout the game. You know, Syracuse continued to respond when FSU punched Syracuse did a good job punching back. They did not go down easy, but then again, neither did FSU. We continued to fight and be resilient throughout the game. We are able to get out of it with a win. And we've seen that inconsistently. <laughs> inconsistently, we've seen that fight from FSU. Um, I think this team wants to win. They just might not have the talent or the ability. I don't want to say ability. They just might not have the talent or consistency to do so. They're still kind. Of, I think they're still kind of learning how to win. They're still building that culture. But that first win's a big one, teaching you how to win and trying to move forward with that's a big thing. Would have been interesting to see how do we won that Notre Dame game, how the team would have responded and move forward with that. Obviously, a big away game going to UNC. You know, we've played poorly this year and we've played poorly at home for the most part you know Jacksonville State Notre Dame Louisville and Syracuse have all been at home or one and three in those games 
and it was not close when we went on the road to Wake Forest. So, like I said, inconsistency. There's still plenty of improvements that we need to make. Um, little to no intermediate and downfield passing game. I talked about that earlier. I think Corbin and Ward still need more carries. We just need to lean on the run game and pound the rocks. I think that's really our best chance to move the ball consistently. Notice how consistency and inconsistency come up a lot. Those are key words for this team because, like I said, we lack consistency in all three phases of the game. And it's blatantly obvious to pretty much anybody who watches. Um, QB run game gashed us pretty bad, but that I think that's more so about containment. We were just kind of narrow in our containment. We didn't do a good job covering up the backside like – Schrader kind of just spun out, and then, uh, what do you know, there's nobody there on the backside and just took off, like, literally in a straight line for big chunk yardage on more than one point in the game. And Sam Howell's a good athlete who can beat you with his arm or his leg, so if you give him running lanes like that, he will take them, and he will hurt you. That's not, not a question, not up for debate. FSU's definitely got a tall task ahead of them going into UNC, but hopefully this Syracuse win can allow them to build a little bit of confidence and consistency moving forward. They can try to turn themselves back into the Florida State that we're used to. I don't anticipate a ton moving forward based on what we've seen already, but I do expect this team to get marginally better as the year goes on. But with all that said, Win number one's a big one. we got to learn how to win. If we're going to win consistently, it's got to start somewhere. So hopefully that this is the precipice or the tip of the iceberg for what's to come. Obviously, a 33-30 home win on a last-second field goal against the not-super-talented Syracuse team isn't a ton to write home about. But with the way this season's gone, a win is a win. But we're not far from being, you know, two or three win team at the least. You know, you make one play against Jacksonville State and you're two and three. You make a couple plays against Notre Dame and you're three and two. You go down and score in that Louisville game. And I mean, this just this team's been in games. You know, we have, we, we, other than the Wake Forest game, it's kind of the only one that we really got it got it handed to us we've been in the game with opportunities to win in four out of five games but to only have one win to show for it shows a team that doesn't know how to close that doesn't know how to win you know that's that's really what it is um being a Giants fan in addition to being an FSU fan is kind of a lot of the same thing Joe Judge talked about something that I thought reminded me a lot of Norvell after the Giants got their first win, and that's more so about focusing on the process and, and establishing your culture and the way that you do things before being overly results-oriented. Judge talked about if you're too results-oriented but you don't uphold the process and the things that get you to that place, then you might not be able to have sustained, consistent success. And I think that Norvell's in that same vein that we've been really close all year long but this team needs to know how to win, but they need to know how to do it the right way so that we can sustain success when we finally do get there. You know, one in four is not a successful team. 
that's not what you're looking for. But you see the glimpses, you know, the close games, the fight, the the want to win. So now actually getting over that hump and winning that game and continuing to keep your same processes and culture building and structure that you're building in place allows you to move forward as a program in a more, you know, cohesive unit and, and have sustained success as opposed to kind of throwing something together taking the best results you can get at all costs and maybe not being able to sustain that long-term. So this rough season isn't pretty to watch, but the things that you do behind the scenes and the way that you build your culture and your program moving forward could have far-reaching impacts. So maybe a a little bit of silver lining and, and hope for FSU fans as we move forward. I know... I will probably be overly optimistic and hopeful about this team as time goes on. Um, just, I hope we get a win again. Uh, I mean, it'd be cool to win another game. It'd be nice to see. I'll have a preview podcast of FSU's conference road matchup against the UNC Tar Heels and former FSU commit and quarterback for the Tar Heels, Sam Howell. As always, this has been Believe in FSU Football with your host, Robbie Vagnardi. Peace out and go Nulls. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.